Hello and welcome to another episode of The Abundant Edge, the podcast all about the worlds of natural building, permaculture, and regenerative living. As always, I'm your host, Oliver Gaucher, and I have another fantastic interview for you in this session. So let's jump right on in. Have you ever struggled to find answers to permaculture and regenerative living questions in the mess of search results, forums, and blogs of questionable quality? Well, your search is now over with the treasure trove of information, interviews, and practical knowledge in the Permaculture Magazine of North America. As the first offshoot of the beloved Permaculture Magazine International out of the UK, there is now a regional edition to help strengthen permaculture knowledge throughout North America. This is one of my own favorite go-to resources for the latest information on innovation and news in the permaculture world. If you visit permaculturemag.org to sign up for your hard copy subscription today, you'll get the 25-year digital archive of Permaculture Magazine International as a free bonus. And just for listeners of The Abundant Edge, you can now receive 50% off your digital copy subscription right now by finding the discount code in the show notes for this episode. So go now to permaculturemag.org and dive deep into the local and global solutions that go beyond sustainability. Welcome. My guest today is Pete Wyden, founder and owner of Artisan Environments, LLC, and the creator of the Professional Permaculture Designer online course. Now, I reached out to Pete after reading an article he wrote for my friend William Horvath's page, Permaculture Apprentice, in which he wrote about some of his best tips and strategies for attracting your ideal clients for a permaculture design business. Now, I know that a lot of my listeners and permaculture enthusiasts out there have taken their permaculture design course and have stalled because they're not sure how to use their new skills to create a business or an income, and that's why I got in contact with Pete. In this interview, Pete talks in depth about how he transitioned from a master's in landscape architecture and built up a client base of wonderful and enthusiastic individuals who are passionate about his design services. He also talks about some of his favorite tactics for finding new clients when your business is just starting out, and the importance of finding your niche within the broad world of permaculture. Make sure to listen all the way to the end where Pete introduces his free course for those of you who want to learn in depth about building your client base for your design services. Now I'll hand things over to Pete. Hey Pete, thanks so much for joining me here today. How are you doing? Oliver, I'm so happy to be here. Um, Things have been... Great slash a little bit insane lately as I, uh, you know, figure out my new life here down in Florida. But, um, you know, overall, it's just been an amazing time. Been on some pretty sweet trips lately. Was just up in Maine recording an album, and now I'm back down here just planting all types of tropical fruits and, and having a blast. Hey, fantastic. Well, look, I got a ton of questions that I'd love to ask you, so what do you say we just jump right on in? Let's do it. All right, so let's start from the beginning. Tell me a bit about your background and how you got started in conventional landscape design and then permaculture. Yeah, absolutely. So my background started when I went to, uh, to college. I was originally going to go to music school, but my parents said, you need to do something that makes money. You need to have a real job. So I decided to go into ecology, and I, I studied applied ecology at Michigan Tech, and I got a bachelor's of science there, which is it's basically wildlife habitat management, forestry, and then restoration, so ecological restoration. And um, I did a lot of research projects and research work while I was in that program, and I realized that I was being trained to be a researcher, 
and I really wanted to affect some greater type of change on our landscapes, you know, whatever scale that might be. And um, so I decided to attend grad school. Uh, I almost went to a place called the Conway School, which is well known to a lot of permaculture designers, and that's out in Massachusetts. But I ended up deciding on the University of Michigan, and I got a three-year master's degree in landscape architecture. And that was really focused on native landscapes, um, green infrastructure for cities, stormwater management. But my passion has always been edible plants, uh, medicinal plants, whatnot, fiber, all the uses of plants and how we interact with them. And my mom's a plant pathologist, so she's known as a tree doctor. She'll go around to people's homes and tell them what's wrong with their trees. And I went around with her a lot growing up and I was in Boy Scouts as well. I just spent a lot of time outdoors, anything from building forts to, um, zero hero, hero winter camping and tying knots, but also just burning ants and stupid boy stuff. I, I did it outside. So, uh, I wanted a job where I was going to be outside and it had taken a long time for me to actually find a way to take a PDC and so after about a decade of learning about permaculture, doing workshops with people like Sepp Holzer, and um, yeah, basically my final semester of landscape architecture, I decided to take Jeff Lawton's online PDC. And so I'd always had this interest in edible landscaping, but no one really does it in the conventional landscaping field. A lot of people are using just your everyday cultivated varieties that you find all across the U.S., um, people planting the same plants pretty much. And um, so what I did was I wanted to learn the inside of the system that's at play right now in landscaping, landscape design, which is that conventional aspect, and then infuse that with what I learned in permaculture to actually create something that can change everyone's life, not just a few, you know, I, I dare say hippies or, you know, the type of stigma that permaculture can sometimes get. I wanted to bring that more mainstream. So that's why I I tend to call it edible and native landscaping when I'm approaching people about what I do. Sure. So after school then, what was it like for you starting out on your own as a permaculture designer? You know, I had a lot of self-doubt when I left school. I had done some pretty sweet projects. I had led an earthworks workshop on a local farm. I had designed and installed a 2,000 square foot pollinator sanctuary at the local botanical gardens. I've done some pretty cool stuff that you could call uh, permaculture, but I hadn't done any of it as an actual consultant for money, you know, like really being paid on an hourly basis or whatnot for the work that I did in a way that would actually support my own living. Um, so what I decided was that I wasn't really interested in working for a federal agency like the Forest Service or a large landscape architecture firm that has 50 people I wanted to be working with a small business so that I could learn the skills that I would need to actually be able to create my own business eventually. And I've always been a very impatient person um, as far as, uh, you know, maybe maybe I have a sense of entitlement like the rest of my generation about I should be able to do whatever I want right away. Uh, <laughs> so I, I fought that a little bit. Um, I mentioned in my post about getting clients on William Horvath's Permaculture Apprentice website that I really took the maxim, the bending tree does not break to heart. And, um, you know, it was a, a trying time for me in a lot of ways, but I learned so much uh, being thrown into the fire in Portland, Oregon. I ended up getting a job out there after doing some job shadowing with them with this company called Pistols. 
and they're a small landscape design firm. So I really cut my teeth on everything from the first interaction with a client to the ins and outs of writing an install proposal or design proposal and some of the background billing and how we kind of structure our day-to-day task, uh, our jobs that we're each doing in the office between just three people who ran that design business. And, you know, what do you do when you have 15 clients and you're not organized enough to actually get things done on time for your deadlines? Like, how does that work? How does that play out? So everything like that. And um, I worked there for a year and I realized that since I wasn't doing permaculture design there, I was actually doing high-end residential landscapes and sneaking in a lot, a lot of natives and edible plants. You know, people in Portland are cool, so I was able to do that already there. But I met this guy named Todd who owns a company called Blossom in Portland. And after a year at Pistols, I got a job with him. He had this PDC and he wanted to start a permaculture design branch of his company. His company was just doing install and maintenance of landscapes under an ecological lens. It wasn't exactly permaculture. But um, I ended up working with him and a professional business coach for a year, which took me uh, up until this June and built a permaculture design business from scratch uh, using just a couple initial contacts and then, you know, reaching out to different organizations around town and um, lots and lots of different techniques that I think we'll cover in this episode. Well, yeah, that's that, what I wanted to ask yeah. you next was after you struck out on your own, how did you go about finding clients uh, and what were your most successful tactics when you, when you started doing that? Yeah, so a lot of the... A lot, if not all, of the techniques that I use are things that I learned in my year when I was working with Blossom, building that permaculture design company. And really, a lot of it comes down to networking. And I, I mentioned that in the article I wrote as well. But you know, networking can mean so many different things. And what you really want to do at the end of the day is, one, first thing comes to mind is that you want to feel natural about selling. And where do you feel most natural? Well, you'd be in a setting that, you know, you're interested in the reason why you're there beyond just making some money. And you like the people who you're talking to. It feels natural. And therefore, the natural result of those interactions you're having with people can be a situation where they're inquiring about, how can I learn more about what you do? And then you lead them through your whole thing, which for me involves an initial site visit, which is free. And then we move on from there with a potential client. Um, but a lot of the things that I've been doing lately, and now I'm down here in Englewood, Florida. I left my job in Portland, moved down to Florida to explore subtropical landscaping and help a friend down here start an urban farm on a half acre. And I've also needed to find a source of income because I quit my job, moved across the country. So what I've been doing is that I have been going to different interest groups in town and there's a family garden club, um, which I've been attending, helping them with their uh, small nursery they have for plant sales. I've been meeting a lot of people through that and uh, I'm giving talks at the local library for free. So all this stuff that I'm doing, I'm not trying to make money off of just being in a place talking with people. You know, you, you have to put a, some time in to be able to meet people, to actually, you know, figure out events to attend or events to host where the people coming are already pre-inclined, they're already interested in what you do. 
So, for example, when I'm giving a talk at the local library, which is so easy to do, like any anyone listening could easily call up or email the right person at the library, usually like a programs manager, and say, hey, I'm a local landscape designer or, you know, permaculture designer, whatever you want to say, and I really love sharing about edible landscaping or growing vegetables, whatever, you know, it might even be for you, Oliver, it might be um, permaculture, your the inside of your home, or make your indoor environment healthy for you. And, you know, however you structure that, it's really what it's doing is it's pre-qualifying the people that are attending to be interested in your services. And it's also all about education. So sharing what you do with people, sharing how you do it, uh, but also giving them a quick win, giving them some quick lessons. And, you know, if you're just having a 10-minute conversation with someone or you're giving a 30-minute talk at a library like I've been mentioning, giving them something small that they can do today to move them closer to the place that they might want to be, say, if they want an edible landscape. Um, you know, just giving them quick ideas about, you know, we're in Minnesota and raspberries are ripening this time of year. Here's several different varieties you can plant and what you what you want to look for in a, in a spot that they would go. Um, really simple stuff and also just being on a level with people where you're meeting them where they're at. You don't have to be the know-it-all designer who, you know, has absolutely every answer in the book. What really, the best interactions I've had with people when I'm talking with them are when I'm approaching it as a student myself. And that leads us both to be more interested in what we're talking about because we're exchanging ideas and we're really having uh, an exchange versus me just like, you know, telling people this is how... This is how it is. I'm the expert. Sure. And now, I know you've mentioned in your articles and stuff before that permaculture, I mean, it covers such a broad potential list of, of jobs or, or business types and, and really can be applied in so many different ways. But you've also said that uh, when you focus on your niche audience, you really just need to make it easier for people to find you and they'll seek you out. So what are some of the ways that you can make yourself easy to find for your target audience. Yeah, and it really depends on the type of business you're trying to build as well. So if you're a landscape designer, you're probably going to be focusing more on people in your local area, although that also depends because you could be doing, you know, just in one design in one state or country, or you could be looking at an international audience. So really what it comes down to is knowing where the people that you want to work with hang out. What uh, sources of information do they interact with? What other people do they interact with? Who do they know? And and then going from there on any skill you're working on. Um, I can give you an example from me down here in Florida. So what I did when I first got here is that I took a look in all of the local newspapers and magazines that have information on the different events going on in town or... Um, different places that could host an event that I could that I could be at as well. And then I looked at which of those might have people who are interested in edible landscaping or plants. So, for example, I know that a lot of my friends who are into yoga really love edible landscaping because they're into their health, they're into connecting with nature, things like that. So I went to a local kirtan chanting group, which is a, a music celebration at a yoga studio, and I left that night with three potential clients, two of whom turned into really strong leads for me. 
And one of those clients actually is, is going to be doing a $2,400 design with me in about a month here once things slow down with this construction work. Yeah. Um, so that's an example from, you know, an in-person design business in a local area. It's something you could do for ways for people to find you. Actually, I'm going to keep on that topic and mention that I've been going to um, a weekly meetup of master gardeners at the local library. So the library has been pretty key for me. Like these community centers, people come. Hey, man, a I lot love of the library. And, right, it's always been a good a resource. Yeah. Yeah, and the people who come to a library, they're there to learn something maybe even learn about their own, I don't know, read romantic fiction. It's, it's learning in some way, I'm sure. And um, this Master Gardener group asked me yesterday when I was talking with them, hey, can you need some business cards, like print out some business cards and put a stack here. So it's like you might not have that exact event going on in your town, but there are places like maybe it's a local nursery that doesn't do design. You come in, you, you make friends with the owner. If you go there often, which I've, I did that in Portland, I became great friends with the local nursery owner. It was a very small nursery in the city and she was very rootsy. And so she attracted those types of people who were like, yeah, I want to support a tiny little business that sells tons of native plants. So I ended up giving her my business cards and she hands them out because we're actually friends. And so really what I try to drive home with anyone who's starting a business is that, you know, what you're really doing is you're starting a new lifestyle for yourself. And what better lifestyle to lead than hanging out with a lot of people who you tend to be friends with anyway, the types of people that you want to interact and hang out with, um, I think for any business really can be the types of people who are going to actually want and, and purchase your product or service. Um, because you're going to have similar interests and value similar things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it goes back to a lot of things that previous guests on this podcast and even I have uh, sort of reiterated and stressed is that a lot of your best marketing tactics are going to come from general community building. And finding leads as clients is almost secondary to that and making these right. connections within your community pay dividends, whether it's paying clients down the line or, you know, having a good relationship with a business that can support your own. So those are all great points. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd like to tack on to that, that for me personally, I tend to view a lot of things currently in a transactional way, which isn't, you know, it's not necessarily so healthy. And I refer to transactional in that, oh, well, going to this group tonight would actually mean that I might be able to get some clients or something like that versus just saying, oh, I'd really love to go to this and meet the people who are there and that's definitely part of it too but you know it's easy to get kind of wrapped up in this it's it's kind of this scarcity mindset type of thing of oh am i spending my time doing something that could earn me money you know when you're just starting a business and you're really wanting that cash flow and that's actually where i'm at down here in florida where i'm just starting moved here a month ago but i think that's really great because it's putting me back into the gauntlet of really testing out these techniques that I'm honing and learning how to, you know, create a business that I really love and appreciate on a day-to-day -day basis. And that does build into and feed the community that I'm in, in, in many ways. Um, but also really being able to build the relationships. So some people talk about relationship marketing and, you know, we could apply, use marketing, advertising types of words here, but really what we're doing is we're, we're making friends and we're building reliable partnerships um, with other people who are passionate about what we are passionate about. Sure. And I mean, 
you know, those are all good points for, for someone like me who's a bit introverted and sometimes struggles with getting out just on yeah. my own volition to do social stuff. You're right. You do definitely need to find a balance between, you know, looking at these as transactional uh, interactions. But for me, sometimes it's the motivation that I need to go out and do something social yeah. is like, yeah, well, maybe I'll get some leads or clients or, you know, something like that, too. So definitely a balance needs to be struck. But in my case, it's often the motivator to go out and be more social in general. Now, yeah, uh, go on. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, my personality is more introverted in terms of the way that I personally uh, rejuvenate or, you know, kind of build up my own personal energy again right. is when I'm alone doing something like, you know, playing guitar or I'll go for a swim in the ocean alone, something like that. And um, one thing that's really helped me a lot is actually going to places that are a public place to say do some work or read a book um, or even like a park to go to go hang out in and I don't necessarily have to interact with other people but there are other people around and I've found that over over time in my life that's kind of broken down some of the feeling of shyness in terms of sure. at least getting out of the house yeah, yeah, and yeah. just realizing okay yeah the world is actually like the world's out there and it's it can be comfortable and um, you know approaching people is going to be hard if you're thinking about it as in I need to sell something to this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be easy if you start asking them about, you know, what they do for a living or who they are and whatnot, just starting a conversation. And I used to think that I had to know this formula of how to wrap the conversation around into talking about what I do. But especially, say, if you ask someone what they do for a living, they might come back around and ask you. So you can... You can kind of work your magic and and kind of get people to pry a little bit about what you uh, have to offer. Sure. Now, going back to this idea of the niche or niche within um, within your own practice, can you give me an example of your own of the niche that you found within permaculture design and how you made yourself known to your ideal clients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I kind of found my I call it niche. Some people say niche, whatever. Um, yeah. I was, I've always been really interested in farm planning, farm design, agricultural um, properties and enterprises, and I did a lot of work and probably will do more work in actual permaculture design on farms, but um, what I realized was that when I left school that the jobs that seemed to be most available or, you know, ready, ready to pay me kind of a living wage right out of the gate were these residential design jobs. And so I ended up uh, in an indirect way specializing in that, but I learned to love this small scale design. I used to be, feel kind of jaded about, you know, gosh, how much can you really do with like a 10th of an acre in the city? How creative can you really get with that? But that is one of the, my favorite aspects about design are the challenges yeah. because they become the crucible for an amazing array of, uh, you know, different pieces to come together. When you have a challenge, you have these obstacles um, and constraints that you have to work with on a site, which is, you know, very prevalent in any situation, but especially in a dense area of a, of a small residential space in the city. So that that's what I ended up specializing in because 
Um, I became very comfortable with it since I, I did it for two or three years full time for other people. And my specialty and what I tell people I do is edible and native landscape design. Um, and I don't really usually have to tell them I do it for urban backyards because they, I talk with a lot of people who live in a, on a small piece of land. But, uh, what I, what I'm really doing above all with my niche in this edible landscape design for residential spaces is that I'm helping people connect with nature in their home. And, you know, so they don't have to go out to a park or a farm to get a feeling of really being able to, um, have a departure from the everyday overstimulation that we encounter so often in our lives. Um, they can grow some of their own food. They can enjoy the pollinators. They can have a rain garden or, you know, many, many different things to be able to, you know, teach their kids something or to just chill out at the end of a long day on a nice patio surrounded by their fruit trees and herbs, things like that. So my niche, what it's done for me is it's taken what I'm passionate about and combined it with what I've become very good at, which is this residential design, the whole process from, you know, meeting with clients, measuring the site to how we actually collaborate together on that type of property. So the niche has allowed me to work with a very specific type of person. So they know that I'm an expert in that area, which are these small landscapes and Oh, I lost my train of thought a little bit here. The, so, yeah, the niche allows me to work with these people who know I'm an expert and also be able to better define what it is that I actually do. Because not everyone who's looking for a landscape design or a permaculture design, you know, whatever you do within permaculture, they're not necessarily looking for a vertical farm or a backyard homestead, they might just be looking for, you know, a certain feeling or a certain amount of income um, or being able to feed their community, things like that. So, you know, if I was specializing in vertical farming, one of my friends, Chris Powers, uh, who just did the Vertical Farming Summit online, um, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing from things I've heard from that summit, is like, you know, really what you're wanting to do is create something that can be you know, environmentally sustainable in a way or even regenerative while, you know, not taking up as much space, being more efficient with your resources in your business, growing this food to then feed the community fresh produce that doesn't have to be shipped so far. And, you know, I'm not a vertical farmer, but there are different benefits that each of your clients are going to get from the service that you provide. And having a niche allows you to really focus on what it is that you do and how that translates to the benefits your clients get. And then what you do with those benefits is that's what you send out into the world as your marketing or your spiel of what you do because sure. people are looking for what they're going to get out of what you have to offer. And it's a good way of making it natural and authentic too. It's not yeah. really something you have to manufacture. It comes from what you already specialize in or are passionate about. So. Right. Now, obviously, since we're both small business owners, we know that there's an endless amount of development projects to always be chipping away at, right? But I know yeah. that you always put client attraction first. So why is everything else secondary to attracting clients? Well, you know, I think it's especially important for a business that's just starting out to focus on this. You know, if you have 
relationships built and you have uh, maybe some partners who are referring people to you and you have a steady flow of clients, it's not as much of a forefront matter. But when you're just starting out, it's really important to have a business that's actually bringing in some revenue because otherwise you just have a hobby, right? So it's really important to be able to focus on bringing in the people who are actually going to benefit from and exchange value between you and them, them being their, their money, um, and being able to actually have that start to kind of force the growth of your business in terms of building your systems, building the templates that you use, and uh, really being able to then build the kind of the kind of suite of tools that you're going to use in your business. Those might be physical, digital, um, whatever. But really, you don't have a business until you have clients, and you're not going to be able to pay yourself until you have clients. So why why pay yourself to come up with a ton of marketing before you've even you know attracted one person to your company? And I'm not saying don't do a little bit of planning, find your niche and stuff. Um, but that's what I'm trying to help people with right now. And I think you were going to ask about the free course that, that I've got coming up here. Yeah, yeah. That's just right next. It was kind of a natural natural tie-in to this. So sure. I'm launching a, a free course called the Get Design Clients Challenge on August 21st, which is timed very specifically with the solar eclipse. It's a very auspicious time. And, you know, I'm, I'm into permaculture. I'm a, little, I'm a little weird, so I'm really into astrology. And I'm also a Leo, so I just knew that, okay, this is a really powerful time. We're also heading into the fall for a lot of people in northern climates. This is, you know, things are starting to slow down a little bit maybe, um, give you some time to think about your business and take a breath. So what this Get Design Clients Challenge is all about is initially the first thing, um, and it goes over the course of five days, is finding your niche. Um, and that leads you into being able to find clients and then interact with them, figure out, what you offer and what you charge, and then really seal the deal. So what I'm trying to do is give everyone an introduction to or a reintroduction to to just take some time and, and think about how you're doing things in your business um, to finding the right clients, not just getting anyone who can pay you for whatever. And I know you and I, Oliver, talked about how sometimes you have clients come to you with something that you wouldn't usually offer, but... Um, you know, for whatever reason, you just you decide to go forward and provide that service, and whether that's good or bad is up for you to decide, or if you want to continue doing that. But you know, if you want to offer a certain thing, such as residential edible landscapes, uh, you want to take the time to understand who you are, as in what your niche is, and then what you are, what you have to offer. So that's what this free course is designed to do. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So like a little side note to all of you listening, I've already signed up for Pete's course and uh, I just wanted to get him on the podcast to attract as many of you awesome permaculturalists out there uh, to join the course with us in order to have as large a group as possible to bounce ideas around, share your journeys um, and generally come together to build better and more successful businesses, right? Uh, Around improving the planet and creating regenerative ecosystems. So, Pete, I'm really excited to be taking this course with you. Uh, how can the rest of my listeners find your website and sign up for themselves? Yeah, so what I've got going on currently is if you're on Facebook, I have a Facebook page called The Professional Permaculture Designer. And so you can search that on Facebook. And the name The Professional Permaculture Designer is also the name of an upcoming course, a larger course, 
um, that's paid that I'm going to be launching in early September that leads leads you through much more deeply the topics covered in the free course and then extends into you know some of the templates that I use you know how I do the nitty gritty of the design things like that um, and if you don't have Facebook we'll put a link below to the the form where you can just drop your email in and then you can be part of the course and we'll send you updates as the course is unfurled next Monday twenty first. All right, so Monday the 21st, there's a cutoff to get in, right? You know, it's just the first wave. I, I wanted to do it where it's not just an automated course. It's something where I'm actually attentive and I'm interacting with everyone and helping to answer and ask different questions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run this course from the 21st until it ends uh, five or so days later. And then I'll probably run it again, maybe in a month or so. But really what it's doing is it's helping you kind of get the basics of how to start off your business. And then the professional permaculture designer course then picks it up right where we left off so that you can really just charge ahead with your business and have a lot of the, have a lot of the ideas and strategy, um, even down to some of the, the details such as the tools you use, um, done for you so you can really propel yourself into the next level with your business. And really what this is all about for me is creating as much abundance as possible in the world. And so what I really want to do is get as many permaculture designers as possible. You know, my, my specialty is landscape design. So I'm of course on a very, very detailed level, very helpful with that, but I'm also very interested in, you know, helping other people that are doing natural building or just water systems, uh, vertical farms, solar, things like that. Um, I know that they will definitely get some value out of this course as well, uh, spending the time to look at the foundations of their business, but look at it in a very, um, in a critical way, but in an efficient way that feels very natural so that, you know, you really feel like you come away with an idea of your business as being an outgrowth of yourself and your ideal ideals rather than having the market kind of cram you into a corner just because you don't have a niche. Yeah, for sure. Well, fantastic. I'll be putting links to all the things that you mentioned in the show notes on the podcast. And I'm really looking forward to getting started in the course on Monday. So thanks so much for taking awesome. time to be here. And we'll, we'll be in contact real soon, I guess. Sounds great, Oliver. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care, buddy. Bye, guys. Bye. So before we wrap up this show for the week, I've got some exciting news about the upcoming months. And I'm joined here now with my good friend and founder of Atitlan Organics, Shad Goodsey. Hey, buddy. What's new? Oh, man, so much is happening. First off, though, I just want to say thanks for having me, man. I really love your podcast, and I actually had a great time doing that interview back in one of the earlier episodes. Anyway, probably what's most exciting is our new collaboration between Atitlan Organics and Abundant Edge. As you know, we've been offering permaculture design courses for over six years now, and they really have become a staple here in Lake Atitlan. In particular, though, the Intro to Permaculture course is just an amazing way for travelers, gardeners, architects, basically anyone to fully immerse themselves in this new paradigm of permaculture design. Like honestly, you can't take this course and still see the world the same way afterward. Man. Yeah, it's that's life changing. Sure. But like I said, what I'm most excited about is that now, thanks to our collaboration, we're going to be able to offer your natural building course immediately after every one of our intro to permaculture courses. Literally, this two-week offering is like possibly the most complete package that I know of available anywhere. 
Basically, with these two courses alone, I think that someone should have everything they need to start their own regenerative project or just their own regenerative lifestyle. That's that's what I'm excited about, man. But uh, yeah, what about you? What's going on? Man, well, you know already that me and the Abundant Edge team are gearing up for a big season as well. I mean, starting in November, we'll be breaking ground on a regenerative farming demonstration site, which is, of course, right down the hill from your farm. We'll be building animal pens, a classroom, outdoor kitchens, and lounge areas connected to houses, and it's all going to be made out of natural materials. I mean, the site is going to serve as a demonstration farm for perennial and regenerative farming methods for years and years to come. And we'll even be offering courses and internship opportunities to people who want to learn for themselves about how to build with natural materials and set up their own farms. Heck yeah. That sounds amazing, man. And honestly, this is just about the best place in the world to learn all these things too. I mean, this little town of Sununa in the gorgeous tropical mountains of Guatemala, like right here on the shores of Lake Atitlan, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. And on top of that, you have this traditional indigenous Mayan culture that's still rich and alive. And probably my favorite part is that we have this world international community of alternative people that are open to new ideas and really putting things into practice. I mean, within walking distance of the Bamboo Guest House, you've got loads of things going on. we got the projects that we've already talked about, but you also have yoga retreat centers. You have Charlie Rendell's Natural Bamboo Building School. You have Love Probiotics. you got Fungi Academy. And honestly, loads more alternative, blow-your-mind type stuff. I honestly just feel like this is where it's all happening. Yeah, man, it really does. And I want to get as many people as possible in on these projects, but we've got to make sure that they've got the skills first. So what do you say? Let's offer a big discount to those who sign up for both courses. I mean, all food and lodging in the amazing Bamboo Guest House is already included in the tuition. So this will be like the best deal that we've ever offered. That's a great idea. Because I mean, people can still take just one course if that's what they're into or if they can't make the full two weeks. But this will actually make the two courses more accessible to even a wider audience of people. And that way more people can get the knowledge that they need to get started doing what they want to do. So, hey, to all of you listening out there, we really want passionate and driven people like you to come and be a part of the community and the ecosystem that we're building out here. So if you're ready to take the next step and really dive in, there's no better time to invest in yourself by joining us on this journey to a regenerative future. Shad, how can they get in touch with us and see the upcoming events and workshop schedule? For sure. Well, for start, they can either go to atilanorganics.com and click on the workshops tab, or they can check out abundantedge.com and click on the education tab. Either one of these will get you all the information you need for all of the courses that we're offering in the months ahead. We're really looking forward to working and collaborating with all of you inspired and enthusiastic people out there. But even if you can't make it out yourself, I'm sure you know someone in your network who would jump at the chance to get involved in this positive, regenerative, and truly life-changing projects. So this is Oliver Gaucher and Chad Goodsey inviting you to come and be a part of the regenerative future that we are building. Can't wait to see you here. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. As always, you can find all the show notes for this and all other episodes at AbundantEdge.com by clicking on the podcast tab in the navigation bar. On the website, you can also find a whole range of educational articles, as well as the services we offer, from design and consulting to education. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter, where I share updates and pictures on our projects, regenerative living articles, and even free resources and giveaways. 
Right now you can get a discount code for 50% off your digital subscription to the incredible Permaculture Magazine of North America simply by finding the code under the show notes of this episode. Thank you sincerely to all of you who have and continue to add comments and send feedback to me. Your contributions help this to be a conversation and dialogue that it's meant to be. For anyone else interested, you can email me and the whole team directly at info at AbundantEdge.com. All of your feedback makes these episodes and interviews so much more engaging and help me to give you the information and content that you want. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you again on next week's session.